When I hear San Diego, I think someone's about to say San Diego, which makes me very happy. Thursday, though, there were two San Diegos to discuss, and neither of them were a place. San Diego's and Alderson had to make another front office move. San Diego, as in Alcantara, was on the mound for Miami, and that would mean an uphill climb for the Mets to get a win. Well, they climbed that hill, and don't look now, but the Mets have gained four games in the standings in not even a week. You guys feeling a podcast? Let's do this thing. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. Scootily down. Seven runs, seven errors at City Field on Thursday night. The Mets had four of the runs. The Marlins had four of the errors. It added up to a fourth straight win, getting the ball club a little bit closer to where they want to be. Josh Lewin with you. Let's start big picture before we get to the game from City Field Thursday night. The first place Braves are 19-8 since their deadline moves, but they just got swept in L.A. and now they're in Denver where the home team usually holds serve. Yeah, they acquired some good guys. I get it. They're infield packed with studs. Atlanta's going to be okay. They're going to win some games. They get the Miami-Washington underbelly of the schedule soon enough, so their fortunes might be changing. The Phillies, remember, helped themselves big time at the trade deadline. Kyle Gibson has really helped out in their rotation. Ian Kennedy, up and down as a new closer, but they've moved Ranger Suarez into the rotation where he's been great, and their hitters are crushing it. Seven straight games with at least seven runs for the first time since 1933 for that outfit. That was before Bonnie and Clyde. That was when the president was FDR. Philly has won 8 of 10. So if you looked at the standings heading into Thursday night, Atlanta one and a half ahead of the Phillies, the Phillies three and a half ahead of the Mets. Roster reinforcements for everyone now that it's past September 1. And thank God the rules have changed. So it's no longer the cast of Spartacus out there in every bullpen. The rosters can get up from 26 to 28 now. So Wednesday, the Mets had called up outfielders Albert Almora Jr. and Khalil Lee from Syracuse. Then, Thursday, they claimed the lefty reliever Brad Hand off waivers from Toronto. And they designated Jeff Hartlieb for assignment. Poor Hartlieb has been moved around like the top hat on a Monopoly board all summer. And I always like being the top hat. The wheelbarrow and thimble were for suckers. Hand is 31, 4.2 career ERA, and uh, 21 saves this year. In 52 combined games with Washington and Toronto. Began the season with the Nats as their closer. Was traded to the Blue Jays and just didn't have it north of the border. But during his 11-year career, Miami, San Diego, Cleveland, Washington, Toronto, 31 wins, 126 saves. Let's be real here, though. You want this guy because of the puns. Oh, my God, the puns with Brad Hand just from fast times at Ridgemont High alone. But also, when he lobs in a curve, it's a hand grenade. When he scoops up a grounder, it'll be hand-picked. When he keeps the lead and gets it to Edwin Diaz for the save, that's hand-holding. When he motions to his infield to play deeper, those are hand signals. And when he extinguishes a rally, he is indeed a hand sanitizer. I could go on and on and on, but I won't. Hand to God. Uh, The Mets, you remember, tried to sign Brad Hand as a free agent this past winter. They lost out and settled. Settled, I say, for Aaron Loop. And all Loop has done as a lefty specialist is post a season ERA that looks like a jockey's weight. 120 at his best in the majors among relief pitchers. And now besides that, 
Now they get a hand after all. I got to have hand. And they get him for pennies on the dollar. Mets bullpen overall ranking second in the National League, third in the majors in wins. No team in Mets history has earned more wins from the bullpen than this one. Uh, the old record was 32 back in 06 and 2019. And probably nobody illustrates the unusual nature of this past offseason better than Brad Hand. He'd been one of baseball's best relievers for five years in a row, led the majors in saves in 2020, but Cleveland decided that it would decline his $10 million option for this year. They made him available for everybody on waivers. Everyone said no thank you. Everybody, including the Nationals, turned down the opportunity. He ended up signing with the Nationals two months later for the same $10 million, pretty much. Got a $1 million buyout from the Tribe. So he had a great offseason. Now he ends up with the Mets after all. And as a front office, I would think the Mets are just kind of looking at this like if, if he can be what he was last year or close to it, great. If he is what he was in Toronto, we will move on quickly. Speaking of front offices, uh, off the field, let's just say there's been some intrigue yet again in Flushing. Acting GM Zach Scott, if you didn't hear, was pulled over and cited for a DUI earlier this week. He will have his day in court. Never did take a breathalyzer. He was simply found asleep at the wheel a little past four in the morning near a stoplight. Suboptimal. But until he gets that resolved, the Mets understandably have placed him on leave. Remember, Sandy Alderson agreed to be team president under the assumption he's going to have a head of baseball operations and a full-time GM. Now he has neither of those things, so he's doing all three jobs himself. Stepping up in rank slightly for the rest of the year, assistant GMs Ian Levin and a very talented young baseball mind who just happens to be Sandy Alderson's own son, Bryn. And for those of you who want to wail about nepotism, please get over it because the dude is really sharp, really smart, well-respected in the clubhouse, has skins on the wall with the A's as well as the Mets. Ian Levin is a sharp guy and a good egg as well. Has a, a big hand in the minor league system. Has for a long time. Really good administrator, among other things. Speaking of the minors, we'll have a little roundup for you in a bit from down there. But first, let's take you out to the ballpark. Sunshine instead of rain and flooding Thursday night. And on the mound, the former Cleveland Indian, Carlos Carrasco, teammate of Brad Hand for all those years. And last time out, needed just 78 pitches to get through seven innings against the Giants. Still looking for his first Mets win, though. 694 ERA, and the evening began with a clunker of a note. Remember in Anchorman when they coax Ron Burgundy up on stage to play the jazz flute, and it begins like this with a little false start? Hold on. I'm not hearing it right. Hold on. Yeah, but see, then it all kicks in. We got it now. You can take that bass line for a little walk. Uh. That, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, Carlos Carrasco. For the second time as a Met, his first pitch of the game clubbed for a home run, this time by Miguel Rojas. It's like that old family guy bit. It's opening day for the Mets. Here's the first pitch, and the season is over. All told, six first inning runs, or home runs, that is, allowed by Carrasco in seven Met starts. That's incredible. One home run total in every other inning combined, but six somehow in the first. So whatever the opposite of putting your best foot forward is, that is Carrasco. Another run crossing in the top of that first inning, but the Mets came right back with a first pitch home run of their own in the bottom of the inning. First time since at least 1988 
A game has started that way with opening salvos from both leadoff hitters on pitch number one of the game. That's how far back those records go. The Mets home run from Jonathan VR, number 17, which means VR has more home runs this year than Paul DeYoung, Will Myers, Jock Peterson, George Springer, Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols, Francisco Lindor, Michael Conforto, Charlie Blackman, Didi Gregorius, Cody Bellinger. I could go on and on. VR in his last 23 games, a 965 OPS, which essentially has made him Shohei Otani during the last four weeks. The game stayed 2-1 until the Mets played the ultimate small ball inning to grab the lead. Lead-off single from Nimmo. He took second on a throwing error to get him along. And Francisco Lindor would then double him in. So he had a 2-2 tie. Alonso grounding out, but moving the runner. If you're going to ground out and you're right-handed, go the other way. He got Lindor to third, and with two outs, Lindor dancing around off the bag. He draws a balk. He has a balk to give the Mets the lead. Second time in the last three games, Lindor is forced to balk by essentially doing the rerun from what's happening as he takes the lead off a base. Love that. And Carrasco settled into a groove, just like Ron Burgundy performing on that stage for Veronica Corningstone. Set down 14 of 15, including 12 in a row after that sloppy start. Mets still up 3-2 into inning number 6. And their leadoff man, the always heady, always professional Miguel Rojas, an infield single, he takes second on an error. This one by Carrasco, a third Mets error at this point, fourth of the game overall. Jazz Chisholm, no relation to Jazz Flute, strikes out. But troublemaker Jesus Aguilar, one-out walk, that meant the end of the road for Carrasco, giving way to the Louisiana lefty Mr. Loop. A walk to the second consecutive Jesus, Jesus Sanchez. And Mets killer Lewis Brinson up with the bases loaded. Seven-pitch at bat with every pitch either at the knees or below, but the seventh one Brinson takes for ball four. The game is now tied 3-3. Brinson has 25 RBIs this year. Eight of them are against the Mets. Sandy Leone pinch hits, another Sandy to discuss. We've done Alderson, Alcantara, Leone. So Sandy Koufax, Sandy Alomar, Sandy Duncan, you're next. Or Sandy Cheeks from SpongeBob. Anyway, Sandy Leone, thankfully, is a terrible hitter. And he struck out for out number two. So bases still loaded. It's Jesus Alfaro at the plate, the third Jesus of the inning, if you're scoring at home. And we really hope you are. Loop gets him on a grounder, side retired. Keep in mind, thanks mostly to very strong pitching, the Mets 52-13 and 13 when they score four runs in a game this year. Plenty of time to bank that fourth run of this one. They would do it in the bottom of the seventh with what else? Some pinch hit artistry. The Mets are best in the business in that regard. And this time, with a couple men on, it was Dominic Smith who got the call. 2-2 pitch. Hit hard, and it's off the glove of Aguilar. Fair ball. McNeil will score. Mazika is around second, heading to third. Sanchez's throw, not in time. He slides in safely. RBI single, Dom Smith. The Mets take the lead 4-3 to three here in the bottom of the seventh. Ed Coleman with the call on WCBS. Alcantara had struck out 12 for Miami, his previous start allowing just one run. This time, the Mets dinged him for those four runs, and he only struck out six. So 4-3 Mets in a game that featured seven errors at this point. Three by the Mets, four by the Marlins. The all-time record for most errors in one big league game, both teams combined, is 18. Set back in 1903. The White Sox had 12 of them. Tigers had six of them. The White Sox won that game anyway. So seven errors in this one, not 18. It all came down to Edwin Diaz getting the final three outs in the ninth. He did that quite easily. 
Made him nine for his last nine chances. Got a 1.1 ERA in that time. 28th save overall for him. Familia, his ninth win in relief. That is tied with Marcus Stroman for the team lead, which is nuts. The only Mets reliever ever to lead the team in wins was Jesse Orozco. He had 13 in 1983. After the game was over, one of the unsung heroes, Patrick Mazika, the only Met with two hits, was able to talk on the field a little bit with Brad Heller. Wayne, thank you very much. Patrick Mazika, a lot's been going on with this team the last few days. How are you guys able to focus and to be able to pull off a sweep of this Marlins team? We've got a good group of leaders in there that, that keep us locked in and ready to go. We, we all know what we're trying to do, come in, play winning baseball, first pitch to last pitch, and, and just uh, keep playing. What did you see from Carrasco? Obviously not the start that he wanted. What was he able to do to settle things down? Yeah, uh, he had command of all his pitches. He just he had one pitch early, and, and that kind of got them going just a bit. But he's got great stuff, and he started attacking, and, and we got some quick outs, and he started putting some guys away, and, and it was uh, it was pretty good. Alcantara has been pitching really well of late. You had a few good at-bats against him. What was the key to your success tonight? Yeah, just looking for pitches I can handle, you know, uh, sticking to my plan, getting pitches up in the zone, and, and – uh, uh, not missing him when those pitches come. Was Trevor May giving you a hard time with that pop-up that he almost dove for? And I guess, did you not see it? I didn't see it off the bat, but uh, he was saying how he's going to be tweeting that later, and he can't wait till uh, that goes viral. So how's this team feel now heading to Washington for a big weekend series? We've always been confident. You know, uh, we've had a, we had a tough stretch, but we remained confident, and uh, we, we kept sticking to our plan. And, uh, you know, we've seen some results lately, and hopefully we can keep carrying that over. Patrick, thanks so much. Congrats on the win. Thank you. There is the now beard-free Pat Mazika. 4-3 minutes to final. Dom Smith's pinch hit, the latest firecracker that's exploded onto the landscape. That is 42 pinch hit RBIs for the Mets this year. That leads the majors. Whoever would have thought RBIs this year? Pinch hitters 42, Lindor 38, Conforto 36. Final line score, Mets 4 runs, 8 hits, 3 errors. Miami 3-4-4. and four. Why? And with that, the Mets are 66-67 and 67 with 29 games to go. Before we wrap up for the day, I promised we'd peek at some of the numbers from the Mets minor leagues. Let's do this bottom to top and start with low A St. Lucie, the one winning team in the system at 54-47. and 18-year-old outfielder Alex Ramirez is hot, 10 for his last 22, uh, 262 overall now in his first taste of pro ball. Got a pitcher, Junior Santos, very strong last time out. Five innings of one-run ball. He's allowed two earned runs or fewer in eight of his last nine. A lot to like with him. High A, Brooklyn. A struggle all year in that borough, 40-61, and 61, although two top prospects are worth peeking at there. Francisco Alvarez, the catcher, 50 runs batted in in 70 games there. He's got 16 home runs. Ronnie Mauricio, the young shortstop, 17 homers, 57 batted in in about 90 games. Although it's 22 walks against 91 strikeouts, but hey, he's a teenager. He will get there. Double-A Binghamton just had their entire series with the Richmond Flying Squirrels postponed due to COVID concerns. They are scheduled to start up again in Portland, Maine next week. The two guys were tracking there with the Rumble Ponies. Brett Beatty, the sweet-swinging lefty between single-A and double-A this year. 291 hitter, 12 homers, 21 doubles. Mark Vientos, the young third baseman, hitting 281, 22 home runs, 16 doubles. Bingo is 46 and 53. And AAA Syracuse, ay, 39 and 61. That's the bottom of the International League. But hey, they've had 77 different players get at least one at bat. 
And of course, that does include pitchers. But still, I, I mean, there's roster churn and then there's Syracuse. Their traveling secretary deserves a laurel and hearty handshake. No Syracuse met with more than 40 RBIs, and the leader is utility man Wilfredo Tovar. I do like the 412 OBP for second baseman Drew Jackson. Uh, he leads the team in steals with 17. So there, a run through the minors every once in a while. It's a nice little exercise. For the big boys, on they go to Washington. Rich Hill in the Friday night game against Sean Nolan. Saturday, Marcus Stroman, 9-12, and 12, although that 2.85 ERA doesn't really fit with 9-12 and 12, up against Eric Fetty. Then you've got the Sunday game, Taiwan Walker against Josiah Gray. The Monday Labor Day game, Trevor Williams against Patrick Corbin. And before we say goodbye, quick shout out. Been meaning to talk about this. I think it's pretty cool. The City Field vaccination site has now administered more than 200,000 vaccinations. That is most of any New York City operated site. Very good stuff. Uh, 1,200 people daily coming through there on average. It's open 24-7 Monday through Saturday. Vaccines available at no cost to walk-ins or appointments. Just saying. Also saying, it's time to meet the band. We hear the music, we know what's up. The wonderful Mets in the Morning House Band, the dreams of someday joining Ron Burgundy on stage in San Diego, along with the rest of the Channel 4 news team. On keyboards, it is Jorge Valandia. Slapping to bass, Julio Machado. On horns, it's Ike Davis. And laying down the downbeat on those drums, Masato Yoshi. This is Josh Lewin. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hey, the Mets have something going now. Back to within a game of 500, hitting the road for a bit. Washington and then Miami. Take her easy. Stay safe. See you later.